Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church, and Growing in Grace Ministries Canada. I'm Pastor Michael Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to still be growing in grace. Welcome to another edition of Still Growing in Grace. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode as we talked about some of the hindrances uh, as to why we do not forgive. We're going through a really important series called Healing Life's Hurts Through Understanding Forgiveness. There are so many misunderstandings around that topic in the church world, in the normal daily living world, a lot of misconceptions. So to unpack those, which provides us uh, an opportunity to then be able to forgive, I think this, this process is really helpful. Today, we're going to get into a really important one called How to Forgive. And this will be a really helpful uh, uh, exercise for you today. So this week and the next time we come back to talk about this, because uh, we're going to take a break uh, with a special interview next week. You'll hear more about that as, as time goes on. I want to begin today with a quote from Robert Farrar Capon. He writes this, It is not the role of the church to tell people not to sin and to devise lists. The world perfectly knows what sin is. The world knows what morality is. The world knows what's right. Morality is the world's cup of tea. What the world doesn't know is forgiveness. And that's what the rest of the world needs to be told. What a great quote to get us going. So forgiveness, how do we forgive? If you remember a couple weeks back, we talked about forgiveness being both an event and a process. The act of forgiving is the event. Walking in the forgiveness is the process, which actually may take you a long time to get through. So today I want to talk about the event of forgiveness. And then next time we'll talk about the process of forgiveness. The event we begin. If you want to know how to forgive, this is this is going to be really important today. First of all, we acknowledge the hurt. You have to name the offense. Call it for what it is. You can't give away something that isn't yours. So what is it that's hurt you? You have to put a label to it. You have to be able to define it. This person violated me. This person embarrassed me. This person broke my heart. They lied to me. They cheated. They stole this, blah, blah, blah. You name the offense. Uh, You may have ignored it for too long. Uh, It may be stuffed away. You might even have excused it away. But we have to admit that someone who is supposed to love us as an act of their will or not hurt us. This is really important. Intentionally or unintentionally, they hurt us. So name the event, acknowledge it. That's a big one. Next, acknowledge the effect of it. What did it do to you? And this is where you need to be very specific. Really important. Something like this. Well, it hurt me. Uh, I am now angry. So that's the effect uh, of this. Or it made me feel rejected and affected my whole life since that event. 
See, you're putting a name to this. You're you're calling out. You're describing this. Uh, or you might say, "I'm crushed. I've been violated." Um, or screaming out, this is what you did to me, and this is what I did to myself as a result, and it is all wrong. Saying something like that is part of acknowledging and being specific. (coughs) Um, uh, Saying something like, this has affected how I relate to other people. In my life, I've 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 had trouble because of past hurts, um, and I needed to acknowledge those things. I need to call them out, but I never had language for that for a long time. I'll get to that in just a moment. Say something like, "This made me feel ashamed. It made me feel powerless," or "This hurt made me feel vulnerable, demoralized, shaken, uh, incompetent." Uh, these are these are feeling words, but unfortunately, I don't think I don't think everyone knows how to describe emotions or feelings. I have a chart that uh, I'm looking at right now, and I will post it on the Facebook group, uh, or you can email me info at growingingrace.ca, and I will send you these these two pictures because I think it's really really important. Um, we've got uh, a feelings chart. I have two of them. One is a spinning wheel. In fact, if you Google and Google images the emotions chart or feelings chart, you will find what I'm looking at right now. And uh, it takes the a simple blanket statement feeling or words like uh, happy, sad, angry, afraid, or ashamed, and it puts more specific handles onto it. So let's say ashamed uh, for a very, and again, the intensity of it. There's, I've got, I think, 20 different words that deal with uh, the sense of, of being ashamed from a low intensity to a medium intensity to high. So here's an example. Uh, ashamed is like being in the low intensity is bashful, ridiculous, regretful, pitied and silly. Um, but a much higher intensity would be sorrowful, remorseful, defamed, worthless, disgraced. I feel dishonored, mortified, uh, admonished. And then you get through all these other words. If you have a hard time identifying feeling words, like I did, uh, I went into counseling uh, five years ago uh, for the sexual abuse that happened to me, and it was amazing, like really important. But it took almost three years uh, because I needed it. I need that long to process and undo years of pain and hurt and stuffing things down. Um, so this emotions chart was helpful because my counselor asked me, so how do you feel? And I said, what do you mean how do I feel? So I'm upset. Well, that's she, she showed me this chart. And it opened my eyes. It's like, oh my goodness, thank you. Now you're giving me a language uh, for the emotions I'm feeling and uh, very powerful. So, hey, that's that's worth looking up. So, again, it's called the Emotion Wheel from the Junto Institute. Uh, you'll love that. We need to find hope in this uh, event and process. Uh, a lot of hope. And let me give you a quick couple of scriptures that should be encouraging to you. Ephesians 1.11 says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Even if we're stuffed in this painful moment, 
of injustice, hurt, loss. Uh, God's still there. He didn't cause the event, but he's not absent from it either. And he will walk it out with you. And you can have your hissy fit and, uh, you know, point your fist up to God and whatever you want. He can handle all that. That's fine. But he's not absent, even though you feel he might be, he's not. There's an objective truth here that's been defined. Romans 8.28 is another great one. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into our perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. There is hope in this. If you're having trouble with the event of forgiveness, these verses will be great. And if you're frustrated with a process that's not going fast enough, same thing. These verses are powerful. Uh, here's another uh, story from Genesis 50. I don't have time to read the whole thing. I'm just looking at it now. I'm going, oh boy, that's too much. But there's a story of Joseph where his father was dying and uh, his brothers were now really scared because they thought payback was coming. They thought, hey, look what we did. We sold him into slavery. Look at all the pain he's gone through. He's just being nice to us because dad's still alive. Well, they went and uh, uh, talked to Joseph and said, hey, before your dad died, obviously his father had just died. Before your dad died, he told us to tell you, which probably wasn't true, um, that you're supposed to uh, forgive us and uh, for all we did. And Joseph says, guys, 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 don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, obviously. See see how he called the, um, uh, the truth out here? He, spe he was specific. He said, you intended to harm me. So he's making that clear. But God intended for good. He brought me into this position so I could save lives of many, many people. Don't be afraid. Here's what's interesting. He was kind to his brothers. He continued to speak kindly. In fact, I remember this, a part of the story where his firstborn son, he named him, I forget what the Hebrew name is because I'm not that good at it. But the word means the bitterness has left me. So there was like actual evidence that he was bitter. He was angry. The story of Joseph is not the joy boy who goes through jail and all these trials uh, with a big smile on his face, a silly slapped on smile. That's not what, what, what the story is. You can misread it that way, but that's not what happened. He was upset. And naming his first kid that uh, reveals the journey, the process of working it all out. And I think that's kind of hopeful. <clears throat> the event. The next thing is choose. Choose to forgive as an act of your will. Choose to forgive. Say, okay, I choose. I'm, I will, whether I feel like it or not. After all, remember this. You have been forgiven. You are in Christ. You are a new creation. You are a forgiver by nature, even if you don't realize it. You can do this by the power of Christ in you. So it is possible. So choose. Go for it. Make the decision. Um, uh, choose to forgive as an act of your will through repentance and confession. Repentance and confession. You may wonder, why is confession and repentance in there? I thought they're the ones who hurt me. Well, hang on. Repentance doesn't mean um, begging for forgiveness. Repentant me, repentance means uh, change your mind from unforgiveness to forgiveness. 
That's beautiful. <coughs> Recognize and confess your anger. When we confess that we've been angry, we're admitting. Confession means to agree with God. It doesn't say beg for forgiveness. Confession never meant that. Confess means to agree, to call it out. Um, recognize and confess your anger. God, I've been ticked. Okay, good. That's important to release that. Hey, God, I wanted revenge. God's saying, great. Get that off your chest. Let's go. Be very honest in this step when you choose to forgive. Confess means to agree with God. And then, of course, refocus. Refocus. Set your eyes on Jesus as the only one who can meet your needs for love and acceptance. You may have been trying to get it from all these people that have hurt you. And by forgiving them, God's showing you how to get your attention back to Him. My goodness, maybe that's what this is all about. For someone listening, it will be that. I hope you wake up and hear that. But once we've chosen to forgive, now we're refocus. We put our eyes where it should be. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That's from the New Living Translation. Uh, from the Mirror Bible, it says, Look away from the shadow dispensation of the law and the prophets and fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is the fountainhead and the conclusion of faith. I love that. The Message Translation says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. And lastly, Passion Translation says it like this, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. <laughs> wow. Once you've done this, you can forgive. It is possible. Wow. This is deep. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, listen to our sponsors in just a moment. We'll come back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. Uh, we're going to continue talking about the event of forgiveness. We have begun the show describing forgiveness when we do this is both an event and a process. So today's program, we're going to talk about the event. So we talked about a couple steps uh, just now. We're going to continue on. We're at the step of releasing this person when we forgive. We've just chosen to do so. Now we need to release them. Release the outcome of this. If this happens in marriage. We say, I choose you to meet my needs. We're setting people up for bondage. We, we need to let that go. 
We need to release that and release the control thing. Jesus is the only one who can meet your needs. He's the only one who can meet your real needs. Yes, you may have felt needs, but you have your true objective truth needs of union with Christ to wake up to that and live out of that. God can and does use people to meet our needs, but you look to him and leave the method only to God. He doesn't need your help. Let him guide you and lead you. When we come to this forgiveness, I want to suggest a prayer. This is a powerful prayer. I will post this online as well, or you can email me at info uh, at growingingrace.ca. I'll send this prayer to you. Um, it, it's profound. I'm not going to read it twice because it's not helpful. Uh, once through, if, if this hits you, great. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. Listen to this prayer, the event. I confess I have been forgiven of everything by my Lord Jesus Christ. I confess I have been made a new creation in Him. I confess that any unforgiving attitude I have is not a reflection of my true identity. My true identity is in union with Jesus, who is a forgiver by nature, which makes me a forgiver too. Therefore, as an act of my will, I choose by the power of Christ in me to forgive you this very day, fully recognizing my emotions may not reflect the choice I make this day. I choose to release you from my need to exact vengeance, my need to pour shame and anger on you. By the power of Christ in me, I release you from the responsibility to meet my needs for love and acceptance. And I choose today as an act of my will to trust Jesus alone as the only able and true source of meeting all my needs. I trust this day that Christ in me and the light of Christ in you to do the work in each of us that needs to be done. I surrender the outcome of this process to Christ, regardless if relationship is restored or not. Amen. That is deep. This is not simple. This is truth, though. If you were to read that prayer through, you may have to read it several times. You may have to re-forgive because that's part of the process, which we'll talk about next time. Here's a couple important notes. This prayer is between you and God period. So when I prayed, I release you, you put the name of that person that uh, uh, you need to release and forgive. This prayer's between you and God, nothing else. Don't go running to the other person. Hey, by the way, I forgave you. I forgive you. Don't do that. Maybe God's not there with them yet. Maybe he never will. It's, this is for you. Please don't overrun the base, which we've been taught to do. Oh, my goodness. It may take a year or two or a lifetime to become for this to become real in your actions, emotions, feelings, and attitude. You can still choose to forgive. Pray this prayer as an act of choice by the power of Christ and not feel any love towards that person. No emotions to have warm fuzzies, nothing like that. And that's okay. 
Those feelings are not required. So like I said, it may take a year or two or forever for this to become real, or it may take the rest of your life. Who knows? No rules on this. This step also in no way implies you're now ready to go confront. What needs to happen next, regardless of any potential confrontation, is a deep internal work in your soul. The healing has to begin in you now. You've just released it. Now the work, the process of healing, your healing must take place. Don't go running into confrontation just so you can get back at them because that reveals some jealousy or vengeance. Only the Holy Spirit, by the way, can tell you when that time to confront is right, if there ever is one. There may never be a right time. It may never happen. Be ready for that. Remember, you've just surrendered all outcomes. <clears throat> there also is no rush, no timeline. The goal now is to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to heal and mature us. We need to grow up in Christ from child to young adult to an adult as a believer. This is laid out in, I believe, uh, 1 John 2. Beautiful picture there of child, young adult, adult. Galatians 4.19 says this, You are my children, but I agonize in spiritual labor pains once again until the anointed one will be fully formed in your hearts. Or the New Living Translation says, until Christ is fully developed in your lives. We are called to grow up. Here it is, 1 John 2. You'll love this. This is, this is a powerful, profound picture of what this event looks like in a process. All right? He, John writes, I remind you, dear children, which means under instruction, your sins have been permanently removed because of the power of his name. I remind you, fathers and mothers, you have a relationship with the one who has existed from the beginning. And I'm reminding you, young people, you have defeated the evil one. I write these things to you, dear children, because you, have, you truly have a relationship with the Father. I write these things, fathers and mothers, because you have had a true relationship with him who's been from the beginning. And I write these things to you, young people, because you are strong. The word of God is treasured in your hearts and you've defeated the evil one. And then he goes on to say, I speak to you children because you uh, you know who your father is. Uh, however, it's where I, I don't have it in front of me. I thought I had it, but it's gone. But the, the, the point of this text, it, in my mind, it is the only place in all of scripture that seems to imply a process of growing of maturing from a child to a young adult to a uh, to an adult. It's like a plant, a seed, a sapling, and then a tree. A tree bears fruit. That's evidence of healing and health. Well, let's get you to healing the, to, so you can produce fruit of, of God's grace in your life. So you're spilling out the love of God. This process of a child, children need to know, first of all, that they're forgiven. Children need to know who their daddy is. Okay, that's what these verses are. When it says here, children, you need to know your sins are forgiven. I'm, I'm writing to you because you have, you know you've been forgiven. I have a scary feeling that many in the world today, many believers who call themselves Christians, do not know they are already forgiven. I didn't know. I didn't know until, uh, I'm, I've been a pastor now for 29 years. I began in 1990. 
And uh, it's when I was married, um, I became a youth leader in a position, and that was a powerful time. But it wasn't until 20 years ago, uh, 19 years ago, that I first discovered through the Holy Spirit, through a great book, a book called Classic Christianity by Bob George. When I read that, it began a, a journey in me. Then I read a book called Grace Walk. Many may have heard that of that book. That book, Grace Walk, woke me up to I was absolutely forgiven. I had read about it in Classic Christianity, but the, the way it was worded in Grace Walk woke me up. I didn't know. I'd been begging God for forgiveness. I had no idea. That's why back when we started the series, um, I, I went through the case for being forgiven because it's critical. So go back and watch those. Those are one of the early ones. But listen, this is a tough, tough event. Doing the event is critical. Forgiving the person. We've just given you the steps. I'll try and post these online at some point so you can see them. If not, email me. I'll, I'll gladly fire them off to you um, because this is a, a process that needs to take place. The event is is where it begins. And you have the power to do it. It will free you from pain. It will free you from bondage. It will bring physical healing to you when we forgive and release. We don't think about that. Half of our sicknesses are self-induced from our own stresses and allowing anger to build up for others and wondering why we have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high everything. Yes, there's food intake stuff, but it's stress, 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 and the emotional tightness. You don't have to live like that. There's hope. These things are for your benefit, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So what are you going to do? Are you willing to choose to forgive? And by the way, I'm going to end with this a really important uh, final statement here. To do this event is all done in the power of Christ. You can't even do it on your own. It requires Jesus in you to first inspire you, to make you willing, to open you up for willingness, and then he'll walk you through it. You don't have to do it alone. You're never meant to do this alone. And when you do, you will find a new family of people that are also on the same journey and you can walk together. You don't have to walk it alone. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars in Guelph is not your typical used car lot. Customers who shop there get the insider treatment, especially when buying from the insider man, Rod Sider. Rod will help you select a late model car, truck, van, or SUV from their large selection of vehicles, and he'll work with your budget. Call the insider man at 519-836-2900, extension 287, or visit Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars at the corner of Whitelaw Road and Highway 24, Guelph, and ask for the insider man family run family owned so their focus is on you conestoga lodge retirement residence is a full service retirement home in kitchener and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain they're quality driven with a focus on each and every individual conestoga lodge offers permanent and short-term stays to book a free no obligation tour you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. 
I'm Pastor Mike Zenker. Join me next Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. You can also watch these messages on YouTube or download our podcast at growingingrace.ca. Do you live locally? Visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning into Still Growing in Grace.